this is Waterpants and the Cricket Show with the one and only Prasan. Prasan, good afternoon, where you are. Good morning from the UK. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Bharat. Uh, great to be here again. Thanks for having me. I'm doing okay. I uh, had a bit of a cold and a cough over the past few days. I think the weather has gotten to me. Um, but feeling perfectly fine right now. Uh, lovely to be chatting with you as always. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Much better. I was going to say, they, they say a week in politics is a long time, but a week in supporting Indian cricket, oh my goodness, <laughs> how things change. And okay. uh, to be fair to you, um, I hope uh, Sports Kidder um, give you um, a bonus for all the uh, predictions that you got right in the show last week. Um, you called it in terms of the changes, you called it in terms of being positive and still, um, you know, believing in the guys and the result that would come and look what happened. What an amazing turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the, la the, the third day on that test was probably the worst day in Indian cricket and uh, yesterday was probably the best day in Indian cricket and you know, we did have to have some good news to end what has been a rather dreadful year in terms of what's happened. So, uh, fantastic, you know. I mean, uh, you must give a, give credit to the Indian team. Sans Virat Kohli, no Mohammad Chami, no Rohit Sharma, no Ishan Sharma, no Umesh Yadav as well, and still they managed to pull off a win with two debutants in the team as well. So I think that speaks volumes of the way the Indian domestic circuit has grown and uh, has produced quality cricketers for the Indian cricket team. Uh, and you know, yesterday was a Excellent example of how the Indian team is continuing to grow leaps and bounds. And it's not only about one player or two players, and it's more about the team. So, fantastic effort. Very, very happy. And um, I, honestly, no complaints at all about uh, the match. Yeah, you're giving a lot of credit to the Indian team, quite rightly. And I'll, I'll do that in a while as well. But I'm starting off by giving credit to you because you left me in a positive mood last time. I was really down and depressed and... Well, depressed is probably a strong word, but really down after that uh, embarrassment in the um, in the in the in, in the first test. Uh, but you gave me a lot of positives to look forward to this uh, second test, and uh, it all came absolutely correct. Um, before we talk about the game itself and um, the uh, the changes that, that were forced, and you called them actually in terms of who should be brought in. Do you think this is the best away win? we've had for a long time um i was trying to think of which other one was in sim well not similar circumstances but um i mean they were talking about uh, how india lost by an innings uh, in the uh, last time we were bowled out for 42 in england um and uh, the team didn't recover and this time considering what they went through and the embarrassment of that and the way they fought back and with all the players missing, like you mentioned, do you think this is one of our best away wins, if not the best away win? Absolutely. It's certainly one among the top uh, because, you know, as you rightly mentioned, we certainly didn't have so many players. Uh, we were definitely short of personnel in terms of uh, the workforce that we've had for a long time, uh, key players missing. But still, I mean, that's what the beauty of uh, cricket is, test cricket is. Um, the challenges that it churns out with every single game is something that can't be taken lightly. And uh, it, it also credit, you know, goes to the way uh, Shubman Gill and Mohamed Siraj uh, really took the challenge head on. And, uh, you know, Siraj obviously has come under criticism quite a bit because of the way he was in the IPL. You know, he's taken for runs. But in Test cricket, he proved that he's there at that level. Uh, just before his, uh, you know, father passed, I think uh, they released a video, RCB released a video in which he said that he wants to play Test cricket and, uh, you know, make his father proud. And I'm sure... 
Uh, he certainly done that. Unfortunately, although his father is not with him, uh, or rather, what he didn't watch the match. But uh, you know, it's something that certainly will is a great kickstart to his career. And Shubman Gill obviously is full of class. I think uh, we discussed that throughout IPL as well. How impressive he was and uh, what a good player he is. And yeah, it's great to see the two debutants uh, making such a case for themselves. And obviously, a lot of credit to Ajinkya Rahane as well. His captaincy was spot on. His field placements were amazing, and he also led from from the front with a century. So. Bringing on Ashwin, you know, not a lot of people anticipated it. I think um, the pundits also in the pre-match yeah. show they were saying, you know, that the pitch might not assist the spinners at all. But uh, Rahane took that gamble and it paid off really well. So, all in all, I think it was a fantastic test and um, a lot of positives. You know, that's why I said probably the last match was just probably a one hour of uh, bad play, which even Rahane said uh, in the post-match conference. So I think it was a fantastic test and uh, probably very, very up there in terms of the best uh, away wins that we've had as a country. Yeah, and I agree. Like I said, I was looking for a, a, an away win uh, in some uh, similar circumstances, not the same, obviously, and I couldn't find one. And um, winning in Australia at any time, it's uh, takes a, an amazing feat. But uh, especially after the, the result of the first test, and I saw an interview with uh, the coach, um, Coach Astri, and. Uh, he was obviously saying it was a present to the nation after the year we've had. But also, I think one of the uh, uh, the questions put to him was that um, when you look at both tests, and you mentioned it just there, and it reminded me of his answer. And he said, you know, he was asked that, you know, we've outplayed Australia in pretty much all the sessions, bar one. Um, and he was saying, well, you have to beat Australia in every session if you want to win Australia. But I think what you say is quite right. When you look in the big picture, we had a um, really good start in the first test. We had that bad hour and that cost us the test match. And um, but I think um, the positives you led when we came into the test uh, are still living up to those expectations in terms of the way the team's performing. Um, but in terms of Rahane, um, and the century he played, and uh, Coach Astri said that that was the turning point for him because they mentioned, you know, what do you think was the turning point um, in terms of uh, the test match? And he said it was uh, Rahane's 100. And again, I, I think I have to agree with him. I think that's one of the best centuries abroad by any Indian player. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, if, if, you're, if you can draw comparisons to the way Tim Payne's half century made a big impact for Australia in the first test, um, that's exactly the way Ajinkya Rahane's century in this test uh, really turned things around for India because uh, we were obviously in a whole lot of trouble with the, the top order batsman back in the hut and uh, it needed that special things from Rahane and, uh, you know, that um, sort of uh, partnership with Jadeja that really got us back in the game and got us in the ascendancy, so to say. So, I think uh, Rahane's century did definitely play a huge role and uh, the way he went about his innings, you know, he was very patient. Uh, there weren't any rash shots at all. Um, he wasn't looking to accelerate the scoring, so to say. But at the same time, he kept rotating the singles. And um, I think probably the only one time when he looked a little out of his element was when he was trying to score that last run in, uh, you know, mm. uh, to win the match. And he was probably trying to get sneak in a quick single and all of that. But apart from that, it was a class, class knock from Rahane. And that's what he is, you know. A lot of the time, the axe is hanging right above his neck because you can't think of dropping players like uh, Rohit Sharma, Pujara, Kohli, obviously, one among them. But Ajinkya Rahane can be made a scapegoat very easily. But I think with this knock that he's portrayed and uh, having led India to this win, I really hope that um, it cements his place you know, in, in the test setup. Obviously, 
his place is cemented but uh, you know i i really hope that this is uh, a sign of things to come and the next year uh, really um, you know makes uh, let's us see ajinkya rahane at his best well you say uh, hopefully this will um have him as one of the first choices in the test team but there's um, already calls now um that he should be made uh, a permanent captain in the test arena and again coach Sastry was asked this question to compare uh, and i think this is a very tough position to put a coach in uh, comparing virat to rahane and he said they're two different people you know one's calm the other one wears his heart on his sleeve very passionate um what where are you on this conversation because i mean i do feel for virat because obviously during the ipl and start of the australian series you know there was all the talk about rohit replacing him in white ball cricket and now after this amazing uh, turnaround in the second test and the way he personally performed rahane uh, there's already calls on uh, virat being replaced as the test captain in the same week that he was uh, declared uh, captain for the icc team of the decade um it's very strange um and i suppose that's uh, where sport is you know it's all very uh, immediate and not long term but where do you stand on that uh, issue of captaincy yeah absolutely disagree with everyone who wants virat to be changed as captain um look i mean uh, to be very fair india were always branded as a team which depended wholly on spin and uh, you know uh, for a long time everyone just thought india will win only on spinning tracks in india and you know we can't win abroad but look virat brought us our uh, victory in australia the first victory in australian soil um and the way he's really brought about that um you know sort of uh pattern in the team you know the players need to play for their positions and they won't just get their position they need to be completely fit we don't see any lazy players or you know players who take their spot for granted and he's brought about that real passion and energy in the side and more than that you know we've sort of transformed into a side which has a very very good bowling attack a lot of times again as i said people would uh, uh, label india as a spin bowling team or a team which didn't have good pacers but now india's pace bowling unit is dominating not only abroad but even in india that series against south africa that series against west indies i think the way umesh yadav bowled the way shami bowled the indian bowling unit virat kohli has is has a big role to play behind where the indian bowling unit is right now and he's he's given his heart and soul into making uh, this indian team what it is right now and uh, you know obviously we went to the top position in the rankings and uh, the indian team is looking really really good under kohli's captaincy probably you know you, you really can't just take one test match and say um, in uh, rahane won india the match and uh, that's why virat kohli should be removed as captain you know we can't forget the way virat kohli has molded the side into the team that it is right now and it hasn't happened overnight or it hasn't happened under rahane's captaincy so i am certainly with the fact that kohli has to be captain in the uh, you know red ball format in the white ball format i think it's a lot for debate but uh, certainly in the test format virat kohli needs to be captain i 100% agree with that um, I, i think it's because of virat that the, the test team it is is where it is i think he brought a lot of that passion and led from the tr- uh, front to make india into a, a, a test team to be reckoned with at home and abroad and um i absolutely agree with your analysis of the uh, attack i think that he's been down to uh, virat uh, building that um, strength in depth as well and making each player um, fight for their test place um because a lot of these youngsters when you look abroad and other teams 
They just want to play white ball cricket and, um, you know, make their living that way. But Virat has brought a bit of passion and um, ambition into the test team where all these young players want to make it into the test team, stay in the test team. And the only way you can do that is by putting in performances. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think um, Jinx is a vice captain is uh, it's it's a bit of a yin and yang situation you get the passion and the commitment and uh wearing the heart on the sleeve with virat and then you get the calmness from rahane i think that works really well as well um, uh, it'd be really good to get one of them amazon series inside the dressing room as <laughs> to see how that works but uh i'm sure after virat's had his um say i'm sure uh, rahane goes to a couple of players and speaks to them one to one just to calm them down and uh, say, you know, uh, it, it was all for the benefit of the team and what have you. So uh, that'd be really good to see. But I agree. I think um, Virat need, is uh, the test captain, needs to stay the te test captain. But um, just going back on what you said earlier, I think it was fitting that Jinx scored that winning run as well. Um, I thought that was a, a, a proper finale to what was um, a brilliant win. Um, but now moving on to the players that came in and... Um, Shubnam Gill, uh, what could he say for a young man in that pressure situation? And I was just thinking, what if he was there in the first test match and we were, you know, needing a bit of a, um, a start in the second innings and the calmness he brought? Um, and you've seen that in domestic cricket. We've seen that in the IPL. Um, why is it taking this long for him to get a chance? Is it simply because of the injuries or because of the strength we have in the opening slots? He looks yeah, yeah, absolutely looks natural. I mean, uh, the way he, you know, brought his bat forward, uh, the way he used his footwork to play out all the bowlers, it's never easy to uh, face that Australian attack in your debut match and at uh, the MCG where the ball was swinging and doing a lot of things. But he looked absolutely solid. I think um, everyone fell in love with the way he batted. I think Mark Waugh, Glenn McGrath, uh, Pat Cummins himself had so many good things to say about Shubman Gill. And that's just a... Testament to the way he goes about his cricket and, uh, you know, how um, his technique is fantastic. And uh, there's really no technical flaws that are there in Shubman Gill's uh, repertoire right now. But, I mean, talking about his chances, we've had so many players in that opening position. We tried Gavan, Murli Vijay, there's Rohit Sharma now, Mayank Agarwal. Uh, they've obviously backed Prithvi Shah considering he's young and uh, he brings in a lot of promise. But I think his uh, technical flaws were um, sort of exposed in the first test. Uh, Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins uh, castling him in both the innings did him no good. And I think um, I think given his backlift and the way he plays, uh, he certainly didn't have the right technique for Australian pitches because the ball tends to come a lot faster than uh, what it does in the Indian uh, conditions. So, I think it was, it was a right call that they benched Prithvi Shaw. He probably needs to take some time off and uh, get back to Indian cricket and uh, try and rectify the technique that he has. But... Uh, Shubman Gill looks like a million bucks at the top and uh, extremely good to see that, uh, you know, he's uh, made the most of his chance uh, that he's got and uh, hopefully he stays on for longer. But now with Rohit Sharma coming into the picture, I think they might make Mayank Agarwal the scapegoat uh, because obviously he hasn't uh, looked very solid. Um, he has struggled a fair bit. So I think Shubman Gill is certainly there to stay and uh, he's going nowhere for the next two matches. Oh, 100%. Funnily enough, um, I was speaking to East from Punjab and I think he was, uh, or he is a product of the Minerva Cricket Academy. And I was speaking to uh, Ranjit Bajaj um, during the lockdown and he was telling me 
look out for this player. He's special. He's very, very special, and that's um, uh, absolutely true. Um, and we, like I said, we've seen it in the um, the IPL, and you've seen it domestically. But this was a real test for him, like you said, at the MCG in Australia, under pressure, and um, he just looked incredible calm and collected and uh, for a 21 year old it's it's uh, uh, an amazing debut and um, I, I think he's got a long career ahead of him and um, obviously there'll be depth everybody has depth so there's no doubt about that but um, he's um, an incredible player that we've um, got in our bench uh, and uh, that will play I think opening for the next uh, few years if not more uh, but uh, you, you you led on the, uh, the the next test and uh, the return of Rohit. And uh, again, Coach Jastri was asked about this, and he said, you know, it's not definite. We're going to speak to the uh, to Rohit, see how he's feeling because he was in um, quarantine for two weeks, um, and see if he's ready to come back straight away, or he needs an, uh, a few more outings with the players, you know, in the nets or what have you, differently. Uh, so we'll see if he plays. But do, for you, do you think he walks into the team if he's if he's ready to see just replace Mayan? Just like that, or Mayank's, you know, had a tough um, start, but, uh, uh, you know, he's got used to the conditions in Australia. He's had a few innings, um, or do you bring Roy in simply because it's Rohit? Yeah, look, I mean, the last time uh, when Rohit played, you know, as an opener in Test cricket, he was fantastic. Um, he scored a whole lot of runs. And uh, interestingly, he did that along with Mayank Agarwal. So, uh, there's a lot to talk about there, you know, because, I mean, if Rohit Sharma is fit, he certainly should play because of the class and the experience and the caliber and everything that he brings to the table. Also, he'll be a big part of the leadership unit. So, I think Rohit Sharma certainly walks into the side. But as you rightly mentioned, um, you know, Ravi Shastri obviously spoke about uh, Rohit Sharma being in that quarantine. I think he's going to join the team only, I mean, later today, if I'm not mistaken, or he's probably even joined the team. Uh, so, I, I think it's going to be a test of whether he can really get back to prime fitness and, uh, you know, he can, uh, he shows that he's ready or match fit uh, rather, you know, within the next six days to make it, to be fit enough for the third test. But if he's fit, he certainly walks in, in my opinion. And uh, Mayank Agarwal is probably going to be the one who makes place for him. Um, and in terms of Mayank, I mean, I do feel for him because um, it's it's not been easy at the opening. It never is when you play in Australia. And um, you say that Rohit, uh, if he's fit and if he's ready, he walks in. Um, do you think Mayank, can, and there's also talk about um, Vihari being under pressure. Um, is it a straight swap for Mayank and Rohit or can Vihari, Mayank go down the order or would he stick with Vihari in the middle order? Um, I, I think in test cricket, it's really very important to make sure that uh, players are uh, you know accustomed to the position that they're playing and there shouldn't be too much of chopping and changing, especially in terms of position. Because when a player knows their role correctly, they can prepare for it and they can uh, you know make sure that they are well-equipped to take on whatever challenges come their way. So, I definitely don't see Mayank Agarwal playing anywhere in the middle order and neither will Rohit Sharma play in the middle order. So, it's uh, definitely going to be a straight swap uh, between Mayank and Rohit. Uh, because at three you have Pujara, at four you have Rahane, and at five I I honestly don't think they should uh, drop Bihari because uh, he's someone who's uh, training only for the Test squad. He's not there in ODIs. He's not there in T20s. And um, of course, uh, you know he's he's made a few runs. He has certainly struggled in the first two Tests, but uh, he hasn't you know played rash shots or he hasn't got out to uh, you know in in a very unusual way. So I I really feel they should back Hanuma Bihari for one more Test match. 
and um, Rohit Sharma comes in place of Mayank. I mean, it's definitely going to be harsh on Mayank, but uh, that's how Indian cricket is at the moment. You know, uh, there's nothing much that you can do because there's so much talent you can pick from, and uh, you you really can't leave a player of Rohit Sharma's caliber out. But uh, having said that, uh, everyone really expected David Warner to come back for the Melbourne Test, but he wasn't fit despite being in the squad and practicing, um, and even um, you know being declared fit even at the end of the first test. So. I, there, there's a lot to talk about there and uh, it'll come down to fitness. But if Rohit is fit, I think he'll certainly replace Mangalapa. Yeah, and you talk about the, um, the the state of Indian cricket where we can have these sort of class players just come back and it is tough for Mayank. But also, um, there's another forced replacement that's um, in the bowling department. We had it in the first uh, test uh, with Shami going injured. Now we've got Umesh and uh, Coach Shastri said we are going to carry on with five bowlers. So um, another tough call for the uh, management to bring somebody on from the bench. But if it's anything like uh, Mohamed Siraj, um, we've got nothing to worry about. But again, they've got a choice of between uh, Natarajan and Saini. Um, who do you think will get the call on this one? Yeah, we're hearing reports that um, Natarajan could actually replace Omesh Yadav. And uh, he brings in, he does definitely bring in a lot of variation. And... Uh, what a fairy still a fairy tale story it's been for him, hasn't it? I mean, uh, ODIs, T20s, after that IPL uh, season, everything's going his way, uh, and uh, you know he's someone who's taken chances, and uh, he he's grabbed the bull by both horns, honestly, and uh, you know he's he's really made such an impact. And uh, if if he gets his Test debut on Jan seventh, I think um, he'll just round off what's been a fantastic season of cricket for him. But yeah, reports are suggesting that Natarajan will replace um, Umesh Yadav. And uh, we're not too sure if he can swing the ball much though. But I think uh, with the variations that he brings in, he'll certainly be a handful on those Australian pitches. Yeah, and I think it'll be good to have him uh, in the team and uh, going on his performances. Um, and the way Mohamed Siraj has just taken to test cricket, uh, I think I've got a lot of faith in the bench. I've uh, just got a comment from uh, Satish uh, Prasant. Um, I don't know if you know him. Uh, but it goes back to what we were talking about. Who should uh, Roy replace in the side? He says, Mayank, who has had a good record overall, or Vihari, who has had to do a lot of tough roles and has played only overseas in tough situations. So I think uh, you call that one sense that it'll be very hard to uh, put Rohit or Mayank in the middle order and you're going to go with Vihari. And um, from what uh, Satish says, I think that's quite deserved in the sense that, you know, Vihari has... Uh, uh, played uh, some very tough roles, uh, tough innings abroad. So I think it deserves to keep his place. Um, so thank you for your comments, Satish. Um, but just going back to the bowling, um, I mean, it, it is quite something when you, and you said it at the start, the bench strength. And uh, when you look at, we haven't got Isham, we haven't got Shami, we haven't got uh, Yadav now. And we're getting these bowlers in who just look natural test players and on conditions that are, very hard in Australia for, I know some people say playing uh, as a fast bowler in Australia is, you know, a lot easier than playing probably in India in some of the pitches that we have. But to get the um, the accuracy and bowl after bowl, you know, it was it was really good to see they can just walk into the test side and perform so well. Um, in Mohamed Siraj and Natarajan in the uh, white ball cricket. Uh, just goes back to what you said about earlier about the bench strength and um, how good it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's again a testament to the way the Indian domestic circuit uh, players are coming out of that and uh, you know performing 
uh, that the IPL has really produced some really really good talents, and uh, you know, obviously, first class cricket also there are quality teams now. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I think there are 38 teams now which will be taking part in the uh, competitions. Uh, last year, I guess it was 38. I'm not too sure of the number, but it was around that. And there are so many players coming out now, and uh, you know, states are being divided into different teams. Um, you know, obviously, Maharashtra, Mumbai, Delhi. I think the other day, if I'm not wrong, it was uh, Harsha Bogle who pointed out that uh, the big cities are no more producing too many players who are there in the Indian team. And instead, there are players from all across the country. And that's a staggering uh, fact. You know, I mean, uh, a couple of years back, if you uh, roll out the playing 11s, you'll see players from Mumbai, players from Karnataka, players from Tamil Nadu, all these mega cities. But now players are coming from all over the country. Saurashtra is producing players, Hyderabad, Andhra Pradesh. Um, yeah, I don't know if it'll be too long before JNK produce uh, probably a good player. Maybe Abdul Samad can, uh, if he does well, you know, in the coming years, he can find a spot. So, uh, so many interesting players are coming out and uh, it's great to see for the development of, of Indian cricket that players are coming from all across the country and not just from all these main cities. So, uh, fantastic. And I, I think uh, Bharat Arun has done a great job with the Indian team, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to suggest that the Indian team or a country which is or players are representing the country don't need coaches. But without coaches, you can do very little. Um, you know, they'll obviously run you through drills that you probably might not have even heard of before. So, a lot of credit goes to Bharat Arun for the way he's uh, uh, dealt with this Indian crop of uh, bowlers. And uh, yeah, as, as uh, you know, we've all discussed, it can only be good for the development of Indian cricket. Yeah, and I think I saw an interview with um, Mohamed Siraj and he was giving a lot of credit to um, Bharatarun as well and the support he was given. And he was also giving a lot of um, credit to um, uh, Bumrah um, when they were bowling. He was um, fielding next to him and he was saying, you know, how supportive he was, giving him advice. And they're working like a proper unit. And the other thing I think that uh, we keep harking back to it, but it's the IPL and you said it and I say, it, I think that's made a huge difference because Coach Shastri again mentioned it in his interview that uh, a lot of these players and um, are walking into the test side and not feeling the pressure. It's because they're, used to get, they're getting used to that big environment through the IPL. They're sitting in dressing rooms with all these big international players, big Indian international players, and they're not overawed when they walk into the Indian dressing room, which I think it's uh, it's it's another testament to how much IPL has changed, not only our white ball cricket, but our test cricket. The players are just not overawed. Um, but um, the win also puts us back on track uh, for the world. I know it's not big in India, but I still think if there's a tournament, I want India to win it. And the worst, uh, the World Test Championships, uh, because we said at the start, having lost the first one and with a series against, a home series against uh, Tough England coming up, it sort of puts it back on track. But Australia also had four points deducted for slow over it, which I wasn't aware of. I don't know if you were. Well, obviously, you would have been. Um, but um, I think uh, this morning, uh, New Zealand managed to beat Pakistan, uh, which is, um, I think, Pakistan did well to try and sneak out a draw there. Uh, but uh, it puts us, puts us back in the running. I said we needed to win five out of the seven. Well, we won one. Um, but um, is there any talk about the World Test Championships or is it all just about the series? Let's get that out of the way and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think to be very honest, uh, India winning against Australia is slightly bigger focus here than the World Test Championship. Because as I said, I don't think a lot of people have wrapped their heads around the whole concept. And um, 
uh, you know, people are, are still thinking about the ICC rankings and all of that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, on any day, if you go and ask a random stranger on the road walking, you know, whether he, he'll take a win against Australia or uh, points in the World Test Championship, I think he'll say a win against Australia, although that has a big bearing on the World Test Championship. So, yeah. uh, it's very important, I think, as you rightly mentioned, for India to win all the matches from here on, because that obviously only strengthens their chances of uh, climbing up the ladder and uh, making that final at Lord. So, New Zealand, in my opinion, look primed to make that final. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're absolutely unbeatable at home. And there's, I mean, when we went there, we were absolutely uh, punished, so to say. But uh, uh, it, it's, it's very hard to beat New Zealand. So, I, I think uh, they're definitely going to make the final, in my opinion. And hopefully, if we pull off uh, wins like we did uh, yesterday, I think uh, we, we certainly are in with a very, very good chance of making that uh, final as well. Yeah, uh, I think uh, New Zealand are favourites for the, exactly the same reasons uh, you say. Um, but uh, something else that kept on uh, coming up on the Twitter feed and some of the cricket um, commentators, um, especially back home in some of the articles, um, was all this um, controversy around the DRS umpire's call. Um, and it seemed to go against India a lot more in this test series. I mean, I mean the, this particular test. Uh, the fact that we won, I think, um, didn't make it into an even bigger deal. Uh, but do you think uh, that needs to be looked at? And it, uh, why was the media focusing so much on that this time? Is it simply because the calls went against India? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's there's little that, uh, you know, you can argue once technology rules something out or not out. And uh, we had quite a few decisions going uh, going against us, maybe a few going um, in our favour. That Tim Payne edge that did go in our favour, we obviously saw how fuming he was when he walked away. But that's what cricket is. I mean, if you have technology, you need to deal with both the pros and cons of it. But I'm not a huge fan of umpire's call, to be honest, because if the ball's going on to hit the stumps, it's going to hit the stumps. The bales is going to fall, even if it clips or even you know feathers the stump. So um, I'm not too big a fan of it, uh, to be honest. But look, I mean, technology obviously makes the sport a lot better. Um, I think people have been clamoring for DRS inclusion in the Big Bash League, but midway through the season, there's little that they can do with all the howlers that have been happening. Uh, Prashant, in fact, uh, follows uh, the Big Bash League pretty um, uh, pretty well, so I think uh, he'll be able to chip in on this as well. But uh, Look, I mean, the, the DRS is there to stay. I don't think um, there's going to be a lot of uh, focus on that. I mean, obviously, umpiring howlers and, uh, you know, the DRS overturning it or vice versa also is something that might be there. But uh, I'm honestly not a big fan of umpire's call. Uh, it, it really rids the bowlers of uh, a good chance of picking a wicket because the 50% um, um, criteria that is there is something that's very harsh because even if the ball is hitting the wicket, uh, you know, even by 49.99 margin, it's, it's going to be even not out. So, I feel that's really harsh and uh, that's something that can be worked on, but it'll probably take time because the debate's been on for quite a few years now and um, I, I guess it'll probably take time, but we'll just need to wait and watch. But just on the angle of the umpire's call, uh, do you agree with that one? Even if you see, you know, um, the, uh, the ball slightly hitting the stumps, which normally would be out, do you think it, it should stay with that rule? I mean, if, if you talk about it, in a, if you talk about it in a grammatical sense, it's in front of the wicket. So the wickets, I mean, even the bales are a part of the wicket, even the side of the wickets are part of the wicket. So if the if you're if you're struck in front and uh, you know you're considering so many factors, you know, pitching outside leg, 
uh, impact uh, impact you know on, at the stumps and uh, then you know it should hit the stump so uh, i i really feel that that should be taken away but uh, i mean i probably have people who will be on my side and people will be again uh, you know not on my side so um I, but in my in my opinion if if it's even clipping the stumps it should be um, you know given out given and up, uh, that's yeah. my fair opinion but i think i think if not for um, if not for that whole umpires call debate then uh, the umpires would have given every single thing out because they wouldn't have then have to uh, you know keep stayed with their decision saying it's clipping the stumps and it's umpires call and all of that so that debate is going to go on forever and uh, i think us in the media how much ever we write how much ever we discuss it's it's all going to uh, not make too much of an impact unless you know the icc takes a call on that yeah and unless uh, the, we uh, the indian team continue to uh, be on the uh, receiving and <laughs> then things might change a lot quicker but uh, i was just interesting why all of a sudden uh, people in, um, want this particular change to drs in terms of the umpires call but i agree with you i think uh, if you took that away then um, what's the point of umpires um, but um, the other thing that was uh, I, I don't know how much of a impact or news uh, headlines it made uh, was uh, the icc decided to make all these um, uh, awards and nominations and um, what surprised me the one that didn't obviously was ms captaining the t20 team and the odi team but we read captaining the test team when you think about you know the likes of kane williamson and even steve smith uh, in his uh, when he was captain of australia that's the one that surprised me um how much is this uh, well i won't tell you what i thought what do you think of these uh, nominations and awards yeah i i think this uh, this one was a was a pretty um, you know i mean i i honestly don't know how to put it it probably wasn't too fair on too many people because i think a lot of people were first of all very very surprised by the exclusion of pakistan players there wasn't a single pakistan player and uh, that made all the headlines because obviously pakistan did play cricket in the last decade didn't they i mean it's not <laughs> like uh, uh, they didn't play a single match they did they did obviously play so many matches and uh, if you don't include a single pakistan player and i think rightly mentioned by uh, rashid latif and shoaib akhtar that the ipl has played a huge role in deciding the t20i um team of the decade but i mean look again the ipl has really crafted the careers of so many players and obviously that will probably have an impact but for me honestly uh, rashid khan being picked as a t20i player of the decade was slightly surprising because um he was obviously the highest wicket taker but that did come against uh, teams uh, associate nation teams so many of them and teams which weren't really in the top uh, five or six for that matter of fact so i think that was a little surprising for me but apart from that um, i think they were okay except for the exclusion of pakistan players which was very surprising in my opinion yeah and i'm pretty sure they won a t20 world cup in the last decade as well and um so and they've had a couple of good series as in test cricket as well so yeah um but um it's just the fact that the number of indian players and i'm thinking you know how much is this um actual you know uh, on merit or is it how much is it on uh, the biggest uh, viewing market you must have world. been really happy though with the number of england players in the test team of the decade <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not surprised. Put it that way. I mean, um, the, the 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 talk was about uh, ODI cricket in England because uh, this was the big bugbear of English cricket that you know England started playing ODI uh, cricket domestically at the start, but never won a World Cup, and the focus was yeah. on winning that. 
but the test team has, on the back of that has improved as well. Um, and, you know, until uh, a couple of uh, seasons ago. Um, so, but um, when you look at the, uh, you know, the likes of Alistair Cook and Ben Stokes and um, you can understand, and James Anderson and um, Stuart Broad, uh, one of the best opening uh, bowling partnerships. Um, I'm not surprised at the numbers and the names there, but I'm just surprised at the overall, uh, like you said, no Pakistani players made the team. And uh, I just thought it was a weird uh, sort of uh, announcement from the ICC. Uh, what was the need for it? Uh, this just created a bit more controversy. And uh, like I said, um, Virat being the best test captain of the decade as well, you know, we love Virat, but... Uh, I don't know. Um, it, it just puts a little um, question mark some of these awards. So, um, but um, yeah, that was that was interesting that they announced that uh, this week. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't think they were putting something like that together. But um, there you go. But the other thing that was that the BCCI had the AGM, and um, uh, we discussed this last uh, time we spoke, and they're going to increase the IPL. To 10 teams is going to become a, big, a bigger tournament. Um, do you think uh, with a lot more time needed for a league format that they'll keep it to a league format or do you think that they'll go back to um, having two groups? Yeah, I think they'll certainly go with two groups because um, it's certainly going to be hard for the logistics to happen with each team playing the other nine months and uh, you know twice even. So that they're going to need to play 18 matches per um, uh, per team, and that's going to become like the Premier League, won't it? I mean, uh, there's so much gap for the Premier League teams, but uh, here we're talking about cricket. But it's going to be a logistical nightmare, and uh, you know, with the ten teams being a part of the competition, it's going to be really hard. So, I, I definitely think they're going to break it in groups of two, uh, five each. But um, as we discussed the last time around, I think that's going to take a lot of the sheen off the IPL because if CSK and RCB, for example, aren't in the same group, then it's going to be really weird to see. Uh, you know, CSK and RCB not playing and uh, a lot of the friends who I have will not be, uh, you know, making fun of us or we won't be making fun of them when uh, CSK and RCB lose. So, it's going to be a very challenging aspect for the BCCI for sure. I think um, a lot of big bats are going to be thrown at them. But that's what the league is, you know. I mean, if you look at the big bash league, a lot of people criticize the way the X-Factor rule, the power, mm. power surge and the bash boost uh, rules were introduced. But... Now with the teams using it um, and, you know, with the league going on really well the way it is, I think a lot of people have adjusted, adjusted to the whole idea. And uh, with two new teams, I think that just um, enhances the way the players will probably be retained, uh, the team dynamics, the way they go about it in the auction. So, uh, the next year or whenever they plan to conduct the auctions, it's going to be very interesting. But um, I think it was a no-brainer that... Uh, they were going to go with eight teams for the 2020 version because they have very little time, uh, probably about mm -hmm. three, three and a half months to decide where they're going to conduct it. And again, the logistics and a whole lot of that. So uh, really looking forward to the way they plan the 2021 edition, uh, sorry, 2022 um, edition. And um, it's probably going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it because obviously I'm uh, selfishly hoping that uh, Guzat gets a team um, so, uh, and, and not just for two years, I'm looking forward to that, but also maybe, um, as a, as a Bengaluru fan, it might not be too bad if you don't play Chennai, um, 
<laughs> you know, considering what's been happening in the past, but that might be a bit harsh. Uh, but the other thing was uh, they're looking to play IPL 14 in India, which is good. Um, obviously, it's still early days, but they're hoping to do that. But the other thought, the other thing that came out of it is that they're going to have uh, the women's um, IPL and age group IPLs under 23s, 19s and 16s um, as um, an add-on, uh, an extra tournament. And I thought that's a really good introduction as well. Um, hopefully they'll make it into something that's um, not like the previously where they just have three uh, women's challenge uh, games. Hopefully they make it into a proper tournament, uh, especially in the women's game. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out of that. But what about the age group um, tournaments? Um, do you think that's a good um, move? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I have a couple of friends in the, uh, you know, in, in from my college who have brothers and sisters who are playing age group cricket and all of them want to be the, the next Virat Kohli. They want to be the next David Villiers. So I think having this league format in the junior stages is certainly going to enhance the way uh, they look at competition because if, if they're going to play just school level cricket or they're just going to play um, matches within their school or against other schools, I think it's going to be um, a lot less challenging than if they're put in the spotlight and, uh, you know, if, uh, if BCC is having a good look at it. And obviously, women's cricket, we both have spoken so much about it. You have been a huge advocate of the fact that BCC need to look into women's cricket a lot more. And um, they do really need to look into a lot more because they can't just, uh, you know, bring in a filler, uh, call it the women's IPL, have three matches and get away with it. I think... Uh, Women's cricket needs to be given a lot more focus. And if if they allow women, I mean, Indian women to go and play in other leagues, I think they should certainly enhance the league that is there here as well. Um, and obviously, it'll, it'll bring in a lot of uh, uh, audience, you know. That's the only way they can grow the sport. Otherwise, it's, it's just going to be stagnant and people are not going to watch much of women's cricket. So, even age group cricket, I hope it's a very good idea. It's a great start, but I think they... They really need to focus on it, uh, the way they've been focusing on promoting men's cricket and the IPL in specific. So, uh, the thoughts are very good. I think the intentions are very good and it's all down to the execution, which I hope uh, comes out really well in the end. Yeah, 100%. And uh, like you said, uh, I'm really interested to see how they're going to conduct the women's game. The age group ones, yeah, I, I can see the benefits of that. Uh, but it's the women's ones that I'm really keen to see how they're going to implement um, that tournament and make it into a proper tournament. Um, looking forward to, to as we end the show today and it's been a fascinating talk as always with yourself and looking forward to the test is going to be in Sydney I think all the players are still in their bubble in Melbourne um, how do you look forward to the next test match and there uh, seems to be a lot of talk around the Aussies in terms of all of a sudden they've got issues around their batting uh, especially the opening slots on, uh, they've uh, got Warner back and they've brought a new, play, uh, new batsman in that can potentially open as well uh, so all of a sudden, the focus is on Australia, not so much on us. How do you see the Sydney test going? Yeah, for us, I think uh, we've obviously had our injury issues and that just means that it's either going to be Natarajan or Saini. And uh, with the reports coming in, I think it's going to be just Natarajan. And I'm not sure they're going to rush KL Rahul in too early now because uh, the last first-class match Rahul played was in August 2019. And you can't pick a player in test matches just because he's done well in the white ball format. So... Uh, but yeah, Australia, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've decided that they're going with Warner and Pukowski at the top of the order. Uh, Pukowski obviously looks a very exciting talent. And um, given that he's there, that just means that it will be one of either Matthew Wade or Travis Head who will probably play in that middle order. 
Um, given the way Matthew Wade's gone about his batting, uh, he might get the nod ahead of head, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see the way Australia come out with their 11. I think the rest of the 11 looks pretty, um, I mean, they probably picked themselves. But uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm looking forward to see how David Warner really does because, you know, it's not going to be easy. Uh, he'll probably be playing his first test match since um, since a long time. So uh, obviously making that transition from um, T20 cricket to, uh, I mean, uh, test cricket is certainly going to be a big challenge. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we have a very good match and India come out uh, winners again. Yeah, absolutely. And it was good to see all this talk about the issues around Australia's batting because I can't remember the last time I heard that uh, Steve Smith is um, in the focus to get a score. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he faces against Ashwin and uh, Lavashan needs to bring a, a game. So it's good to see the focus on them uh, rather than yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as always and um, looking forward to speaking to you even more afterwards. So, again, it's a fantastic chat this morning. I really appreciate uh, taking time out uh, during the weekday. Um, stay safe with the family, and um, hopefully I'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Um, have a very, very, uh, I mean, happy Jan 1st, I think. <laughs> That's what we can say. I mean, happy New Year. Hopefully the New Year is good for all of us. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, uh, it's, it's been a hard year, but we've all got through it. So hopefully yeah. we have good things to come and uh, see you real soon. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. Take care, my friend.